You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, my name is Lee Fuller, and you're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast. So listen, I am super excited about what we're going to be talking about today. So we have been talking about family and understanding the family dynamic between children and mothers and and spouses and fathers. But today we want to expand the circle. I really feel like that the central element of a community is the family. But as a family is in place, I believe the families should impact the communities. So today, we're going to have a very special guest coming on the podcast. Um, I am excited to talk to this uh, to Miss Monica. Um, it's been an interesting journey having her on the podcast, but I, I promise you, it will be worth it. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to uh, bring to you um, <laughs> I'm going to bring to you, hey, we're going to keep it rolling, uh, my special guest, Ms. Monica Frazier. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Hello, hello, and, and glad to be here. All right, all right. So let me give you a little, I'm excited about meeting you, but let me tell the others why they should be excited about uh, our guest that we have on today. So Ms. Monica Frazier grew up in Flint, Michigan. She is a community consultant, a leadership development trainer, writer, and global career development facilitator, right? So for the last 10 years, she's worked with boots on the ground in the community, working with families to help build their capacity and skills educationally and economically. Uh, Ms. Monica has earned a degree as an educational specialist and a master's in management organization focusing on leadership. So we see that she has these these educational credentials, but I also want to show you something. After taking a walk of faith and leaving her job of 27 years from a traditional school setting, she realized her ministry had been working in the community. I say ministry because this is a woman of God. The, The conversation that we had before, you start to see, you know how sometimes you know this is going to be somebody you'd like to talk to? Well, this is who we have with us today. So, Ms. Monica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad to be here so that we can continue to, to spread our wings and, and tap into everybody's soul. Amen. Amen. So, yes, uh, on this podcast, sometimes I'll go into, um, I might go into the preacher mode and I might have to step back into interview mode. So whenever <laughs> I get around believers, it could go anyway. So bear with me. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So um, we, like I said in the intro, we had been talking about um, impacting our community. And a lot of people ask, how can we go about impacting the community? So as a community consultant, um, what what prompted your desire to be involved with the community? Well, when I had my career that I told you I left uh, with 27 years, I was always working. I was in the educational arena. I was always working with families, but I felt like I was not able to truly help and give the support that was needed because you know you have so many guidelines and stipulations. So I needed to be free, you know, and so I... I took a faith walk. I asked my husband, I came home one day 
and said, can I quit my job? <laughs> and he said, I told him, I said, I promise, I, I promise I'm going to get another job. I said, I know we got big plans. And he said, Monica, every single day that we are out here, we're taking a faith walk because he too had started his entrepreneurial business. And, and so he gave me permission. And at that point, that's when I, I left the traditional setting and mm -hmm. I began the journey of being a community outreach advocate. And then I took a, a job that was offered to me, which, which I knew it was the Lord because I was looking for jobs in other areas of my profession. When he, the Lord gave me a job in, in community. And that's when I knew, I said, this is it. I'm out here with my, my families, being able to give them the true support that they need and help to build them up because as believers what we don't understand we're all one and right. what may impact we may think we're doing well in our community but if other families and other parts of the community isn't doing well then really we're not doing well so i stepped out there and i just began at that point begin to begin to uh, have relationships with the with the different school districts relationships with the community leaders relationships with my families and just built from there that is that is so good because so many times i talk to people that want to have an impact on the community but either aren't willing to take that first step or don't really know how to get started connecting with with different community leaders so um can you kind of tell us where would be a good place to start connecting with with the community? Well, volunteering is always necessary. Get get out and begin to start volunteering because even if you don't want to stay in the volunteering mode in terms of working through another agency, you can learn um, and begin to strengthen your craft just getting out and relationships you would be surprised with how um relationships really matter not only with the various agencies and making that connection but then you're starting to meet the residents people whom you're serving you want to build that relationship with the people whom you're serving because that's what really counts and then the agencies is the icing on the cake so what you do is you start off maybe in an agency or if your church is doing something if you're in a church and and it puts you out there but one thing I will say is that it has to really truly be, this is passion work and it is ministry and it has to really be something that is within your heart that you can make that connection. Because if you don't have it in your heart or the passion to do it, it's gonna be difficult for you to make that connection out there. But start off with something simple, just start volunteering and paying attention and taking notes and saying, hmm, you know, and you, then you begin to draw that connection and can then you can slate your own path and see how creative you want to be with it and how far you want to take it. Okay. You know, that's so good. I, I often, um, I tell people, get started, right? Because a lot of things you can kind of, you know, after you've helped at a, a soup kitchen or helped at a rec center or whatever, you start to see, you know what, I like this part of it and I don't like this part. And then you can really kind of find your passion in doing it. Was that right. your experience? Yeah, just get just get started. And then you'll see what others are doing. And, and then in the pieces you said that you may not like how it's done, that may be a part of your 
growth that you have to take to make it better, or you may want to create something even different and put your twist on it. For me, the way I really truly got started with this work is that when I did the faith walk, I was just in a simple little computer pad class to senior citizens, okay? And uh, one of the ladies approached me and said, you seem to be very passionate uh, about people. And I can tell you love us. I have a job I need you to apply for. And I applied for that job and I got it. And that is how I took my true path of community, my ministry, I call my ministry, and it happened to be a uh, building neighborhood capacity program, which was through the Obama administration. So we received funding for that. And she took me and just plopped me in a neighborhood, a big old neighborhood, <laughs> and said, this is your geographical era, I mean era, area, you have to give leadership training for the residents, you have to form relationships with the residents you have to find your own office so i begin and she said and i'm not gonna micromanage you but if there's any fires that you create you call me so i can put them out and so i had to navigate myself in there and that's how i truly got started with the walk which was always a passion but i didn't know how to do it and so then i started understanding that to volunteer other people may may not have that situation to fall in their lap like that. Um, so I would say start off with uh, uh, volunteering, kind of getting your feet wet, wet in different areas. It may be serving, and, and you know, I can get, well, I can talk about community all day, so you have to stop me now. So, right, 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 I'm listening. No, this is good. It, it, it may be serving, one one of the things I volunteer to do is, and this is what my church uh, did is, for human trafficking. So it was another agency that reached out to us because at certain times out of the month, they see the women that are involved in human trafficking out on the streets and lunches. So just preparing the lunches. We All we had to do was prepare snack lunches, take it over to the agency. If we wanted to walk with them, I'll say walk the beat at night when they delivered the lunches, we had to go through a training. Right. which I never did that, but I didn't mind preparing the lunches. And okay. so it's just finding your knit, your place. And it's truly a God-driven thing. You have to really um, try these different things, understand your place. It may not be for you. Well, because as I'm, as I'm thinking through, at first I was like, wow, I wonder what skill set a person needs um, to get started, or is it Hey, just kind of, um, you know, a lot of these organizations they'll train you or they'll they'll help uh, you get started. You um, no, sometimes when you volunteer, now to the the skill set a person needs for this type of work is they definitely have to be relational. That's not that's not anything that anybody can train you for, because okay. you and I can say we want to go to the soup kitchen and dip peas, and we sitting there slapping those peas on that plate for the homeless people, but we're not showing any love. We're not drawing in any connection to them. And when you're dealing with a community and families who've had, who who are in survival mode and have had struggles in life and they're living day by day, they can pick up on what my families always say, real and fake. They know if you really care and they know if you really don't care so much. And so that is a, that that's something that is within. That's why I said this is passion work. 
every if you can't go in judging, it's right. no no judgment, no judgment. Okay. Because at the end of the day, everybody is doing the best they 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 believe that they can do. Even you and I, and mm -hmm. and our best may not be the best for someone else looking at us. Correct. So really, it's you you don't go in there looking at the situation. You go in there and you embrace the situation, and you meet each person where they are, and you give them true and genuine unconditional love i think that's so good i think that's so good because um you know this podcast is called the bible in real life and i i think meeting people where they are i really believe that one of the things jesus was so good at was meeting people where they are right and uh i think as we go out and get uh, as we go out and get involved in the community it's important because real, real recognize real, right? Know the spirit by the spirit, however you want to say it, whatever plan you want to play on, you can tell when a person genuinely cares because I know at times when we have gone out and done different things, there is a, you can tell those that don't want to be there um, and then those that are just doing it for their community service hours, right? So I've seen this whole, you know, we've seen the teens that don't want to be there or what have you. Um, but realizing, my mom used to always say that there's some good in everybody, right? right. Um, uh, she used to say, because we are created in God's image, God's image is, is on everybody. So there is definitely something that can love and something that we can connect with right so how do you connect with with people that you meet um doing your community service work when i connect with my families right now on my uh other nine to five job mm -hmm. i have 60 families and my role is really to help build the capacity to prepare the child who may have specific delays but i understand that I have to establish that relationship with the parents first. And once I build my relationship with the parents, then I can then move in and start helping them build the capacity within their families. I am very, so what they say, raw. I speak the language with them, mm -hmm. you know, with the different jargon, and but they know that I love them. And in, in, in the, the, it gets to a point where I can even tell them that I love them. But I go in right where they are, not trying to tell them how to do it, but trying to guide them how to do it based off of how comfortable they are each step of the way. So although in my mental mind, I'm like, well, what is going on? Why can't you? Well. You don't even know why can't you? So we're going to take the baby steps at a time. That's that's how you you just have to draw that. You just have to connect yourself. You have to kind of let your guard down. And I'm also transparent. I can connect with them with my stories. I'm not perfect. I've had situations in my life. So if if I have to use my real life to make that connection, and I've had parents where sometimes it has literally taken me two years to hit the home run where wow. they just have their guard up. Because when you're dealing with people who are going through situations in the community and with, with all of the things that we have going on right now, the wall is up. And mm -hmm. you have to be able to beat that wall down. Some are gonna allow you 
easy and some aren't. I can give you an example. I was in a public housing and I was getting ready to do a Halloween party and I was the only person there. Um, and my boss had told me to go there within this window of time because it could be a, a lack of safety. So the minute I pulled up that community knew that I was someone not familiar. And all of these young guys with these white tees and these black jeans, and they were gang members, you know, but they were trying to see who I was. And so was I nervous? Yeah, but what I did is said, hello, gentlemen, I'm trying to get this candy and everything in here to have a Halloween party for, for my babies out here. And I need your help. And just for me to not let them see that I was fearful, but that I needed their help. Mm -hmm. Then they knew who Miss Monica was. And so they were standing in line with the kids trying to get candy, <laughs> but they, it's just that you, you can't show that you're not, not uncomfortable, even if you are. And you're just really coming in like, hey, look, I'm here for you. What's up? I am not the system. Okay. I'm here to, to truly help you or to be there for you. We're in this together. Right. You know, not treating them like they're a um, looking for a handout, but okay. giving the love that's needed. Right. And, right. And, and, and the support and the resources. And, and if you need water, I'll bring you water. If you need food, I'll take the food. You know, it just depends. How, how, do, how would you encourage that person that? You know, they've started, um, and the first couple interactions with the neighborhood is tough, right? There's that those guards up, and not everybody's receptive because, hey, you ain't going to be here long. We've had somebody else come through and try to help, right? So how do you, um, what advice do you give to those that are seeing that resistance or guards? Go up? to the local school. I started off with the elementary school within the neighborhood because there's usually always some parent facilitator there. Build that. If you have a, a program or plan of action to help and serve in the community, one of the best things you can do is begin to establish that relationship with the local school, other um, grassroots organizations, churches who may, you have churches and communities who are very involved in their community. And so me going through, um, we called them anchor partners in that program I was in. So there was a church that was right in the middle of the neighborhood and there was an elementary school. The elementary school is who I introduced myself to who gave me an office. And then, um, and so then they connected me with their parent facilitator. So all it took was the parent facilitator introducing me to uh, the parents that came to the parent facilitator meetings are the ones that I established the relationships with first because it was them that were, that led me So they led me to the community. Then the church led me through the community through their neighborhood watch. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and, and one of the things I was always taught is that all it takes is one or two of those neighborhood leaders that are involved, those residents. And then once they spread the word, oh, she's good. She's cool. She's cool. She, she's here to help us. Then after that, I, it, was, it was on. It, everything just started flowing in place. And now that program has been over. Now that was the start of my program of me getting involved in community. That's been well, probably about 15, 
maybe 10 years ago, maybe, no, probably about 10 years ago. So since then, now those neighbors are actually winning grants. And, and I said to myself, okay, Lord, I feel good. My residents that I gave the leadership training to are still actively involved in their neighborhoods. They're presidents wow. of neighborhood advisory councils. They know how to write grants. They wanted to, one of the things that they asked for is they wanted to be able to establish relationships with good relationships with the agencies and the and the police department. And, and so they now know how to do all of that. And I still, to this day, communicate with them. They make me do a quarterly lunch with them. We go to lunch <laughs> quarterly. So, yeah. So you just, you, you're, you're, as to your question, you have to be passionate about this work. This is not something everybody can do. I, I'm a firm believer that God expects all of us to make disciples based off of what he instructed us to do. But it may not be in this arena the way I'm doing. But at some point, we're still all little Jesuses out here planting and making disciples. Yeah. That's real good. Man, I am encouraged. Um, I'm definitely, you know, as I'm listening, I remember years ago when I was a lot more active in the community. Um, and then as I got older, you know, family, married, kids now, but I, I, I miss those times when I would meet those in, in, in the community and, and hang out. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, but I'm also being encouraged myself that, you know what, I, I really do have to, um, have to have to get back involved. So I thank you, Miss Miss Monica. I don't know if you meant to be convicting convicting me right now, but, um, but I, I appreciate the heart that you have for the community for sure. For sure. Yes, and and I and I and I say a, a lot of church want to get involved in community, and 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 a lot of them are, but a lot of them are not doing it the right way. So one of the things I also like to do is provide leadership or community outreach training for the churches. You know, mm. So I said, I don't mind taking a church on that journey to help build their capacity so that they can be effective about uh, uh, doing their community outreach because we do have a call. Yes. And, and I think that sometimes we feed off of each other instead of actually doing the call. And then I think that sometimes we say, oh, we're passing our Thanksgiving dinners on Thanksgiving. and But it's just deeper than that. It's really true deeper than that. The Thanksgiving baskets are fine, but and we're all at different levels and we all have different calls on it. So it may be that that's all your call is, is to pass out a Thanksgiving basket. But if, we, if we're going to do it, let's just do it right. You know? so right. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Because you, you talked about the making disciples part. So how how do you navigate that transition, you know, from, from um, candy or Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas, you know, gifts to um, either connecting them to uh, um, Christ or connecting them to a church or just connecting them to you as, as like you say, a little Jesus? Right. Once that relationship begins to build and they always say, hey, you must be one of those Christian ladies or something. As okay. they as they live life and go through situations and they build their trust with you, they begin to share with you. Then mm -hmm. I, that's when I begin at that point to introduce them to Jesus. That's when I know that they're open for me to speak the word. 
And so mm. that's when I began to speak the word. Okay. And, 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 and and that's when it gets to that point. Now that I've written the book that I have, I'll say, now, you know what? This is what you need. And I'll give them my book. Okay. And, and this will help take you step by step on, on what it is you need to know if you even believe that you're interested in Christ. But, but I mm-hmm. always wait till through discernment, of course, there's sure. going to always be, as you begin to strengthen your relationship in the community, that you begin to know in that place and through God's direction when it, it's time to speak a word and when it's like, look, they're not trying to hear me speak a word today. And so it just it just depends. It depends on the person. It depends on the atmosphere. It depends on this situation. That's good. But That's I'm good. always represent as such. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things Jesus tells us is we're the light. And people recognize a light when they see it, right? Um, people can definitely recognize a light when um when when it shows up in the neighborhood. So I think that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Just being open to it uh, when the opportunity presents itself. Okay. Okay. So you've mentioned the book. Tell me. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned it in the intro, people, but uh, Miss Monica is an author. So can you tell me a little bit more about, about the, the book? Uh, the book is titled uh, Set Apart, Light in the Mist of Darkness. And uh, what prompted me to write that book, it's I wanted to make it not a big book. I didn't want it more than 100 pages. I wanted it to be such an easy read that even a 10-year-old could read it. And I I forgot to thinking about my life and my journey as a Christian. And I said, oftentimes when we give our life to Christ and we get baptized, the church is moved so fast from joining ministries to new members classes to is at the end of the day, you you really don't know who you are in the body. You 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 don't you don't know what's going on. You don't know who you are. And so what my book does is it takes you step by step because I I'm a firm believer that until we understand who we are, then we'll understand our role. So it starts off saying tell, talking about who God is. Okay. Uh, God okay. the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It right. then it moves right. into who we are, um, and I might not be saying it all in the right order, but it talks about the 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 nature of the threefold fold man, the the soul, the you know the spirit, soul, and the body, and how they mm-hmm. operate. Because understanding your three three part functioning is key to you understanding where you are. Like I know I'm acting ugly. I know okay. when I need to get my life right. <laughs> you know I know when I'm <laughs> off track. And but if you don't know who you are, then you won't know how to be alert to be able to even correct yourself. Then it talks about the carnal Christian and the spiritual Christian. Then I talk about spiritual warfare. We talk about sin. I I talk about the I break the whole sin process down. Um, I talk about love. I talk about I might be missing some parts, but yeah. So basically. It gives you the whole foundation. I feel like it's the whole foundational pieces that we needed from the very beginning when we gave our life to Christ to understand. Oh, I talk about the two kingdoms, the kingdom of light, life, okay. light, and the kingdom of darkness. Right. And it gives us the full foundation. When you finish reading that book, you're going to be able to look around and God has really going to take the blinders off your eyes. 
and then you'll understand even what's going on to this day in this world right now. It's right. not going to be alarming to you. You know, you will be able to channel your thoughts and your energies towards God. So I kept it a simple read. I wanted okay. it to be very simple. I left after each, the chapters are very short. There's notes that can be taken. And I look at it as a, I call it, it could be a good new members book. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a good book for um, discussion for someone to read or a good book to, to gift a child or, or your backsliding family member or even a seed for your, your person who thinks they don't believe. Right, right. And I think it's so good that as we're engaging, um, we engage in the culture or engage in our communities, that we know who we are so that we can be that light, be set apart. Because um, you know, we there's a there's a hurting world, and many times it's not very far into the community, you know, this this summer, or not this summer, this Christmas. It's crazy. I usually um my, I have one neighbor been here like 10 years and I have another neighbor and they've rented out the house, right? So there's always this new couple, a new family in there. And at some point I was like, you know what? I'm not even gonna, I'm gonna stop introducing myself to the, <laughs> to the neighbor because there's, you know, they, they're, they're leasing it, right? So they're only gonna be here a year. There's no point in getting used to it. But uh, me and my wife said, no, um, so this past Christmas, we went and just kind of introduced ourselves. And now the kids are playing with each other and so forth. And I said, you know, it doesn't take much. We just have to get outside of our house and say, hey, you know what? Let me go and introduce myself to um, the people in my community. Those who, who, um, those who we're walking beside each day, you know, and it's just been interesting how now the kids are asking my daughter's questions, you know, because they see us going to church every Sunday. They're like, hey, we all go every Sunday, right? Or, hey, blah, blah, blah. And it, there's there's a relationship that has grown um, just within the community. So it's, um, as I'm listening, I'm saying, hey, you know what? Good thing we are in the world, but not of the world. But at the same time, we have to be a light right in the midst of, of some of the some of the dark things we see. And and I do have a chapter in there about being set apart, because okay. as 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 believers, we need to understand that we are that peculiar person. We have to be right. set apart. So right. I, I that's the whole piece of what we often don't understand, and it's okay. You know, yeah, people will think we may be a little different, but okay. from one spirit to another, we connect. Right. And you know, it's a spiritual connection. And so that that's what that's what the book is about. And okay. and it can be picked up on my website, monicabfraser.com. Yes. I just thought I'd throw that in there, monicabfraser.com. No. You can pick that book up on my website. Very good. Very good. Um, so let me ask you when um, now you, you mentioned something earlier about survival mode, right? You know, so sometimes when you're interacting with the community, you find those that may be in survival mode, right? How do you, um, how do you work with them or, you know, uh, engage with those in survival mode? Because there may be a different mentality going on there. It is. And I usually start off 
off uh, like my examples, the work that I'm doing now is get is I connect them with the resources to take that stress off of them to help give them that relief so that then I can move in and start really giving them the support and helping them to build their capacity. So if if mom is without food, then I'm connecting mom with food and I may even sometimes go get food for mom. If mom needs diapers, I'm getting diapers for mom or connecting her with the resource where she can get get denied, get diapers. So mm -hmm. what I'm doing is I'm starting to connect them with the resources needed to help take the stress off of them so that I can actually begin to build them up and give them the support they need. So that that's because they're not going to listen to what you're saying if they're trying to, if they got all these other things going on. It's not that they're not interested. It's just that they cannot stay there with you while you're talking about the sky is blue when it's black to them. <laughs> so right. so right. I always enter in trying to give the support. That's why a lot of times what people need to understand when you begin your community outreach, you're going to spend a lot of time giving just to even build that relationship, like having the Halloween parties for the community uh, or take it you have you know you have you take your portion of the community depending on how large it is mine was pretty large so i had to do it in sections and okay. and it was like, like a, a a back to school rally in in one part of the neighborhood where we give out school supplies and now i do that every year um so now i'm doing it at our empowerment center that we're having an empowerment village that's just for children this this summer i have partnership with them and we give out full school supplies. So you start building that relationship with them where they see you and you're gonna find yourself giving a lot before they build that trust and then you can move in and actually have them even interested in your capacity building programs or whatever else you're trying to do. Okay. Um, no, that's, that's good. It's hard to, yeah, yeah, it's hard to have other conversations when there's a fire when the house is on fire hey we're not talking about you know what what size shoes what i don't know i just killed that example but <laughs> i think you understand what i'm saying when the house is on fire, I understand, I understand exactly. on fire. yeah right i i gotta help you get that water to put the house out before you listen to me about anything else correct correct right okay. um so what what would you say are some of the um the stressors so if 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 our church or some of the people that are listening are thinking about developing um you know programs or community outreach uh, i know you said you usually start off by talking to the community or do you just come in and say here's what what y'all need uh, the first thing we did at my church when they wanted to get more involved and i'm just going to tell you what i i did at my church they wanted to become more involved in community and they felt that they weren't as involved as they should be and the first thing we did is we had a big uh like back to school fair at the church we had bounce houses we had uh performances we had we had hot dogs and hamburgers we had resources everywhere every piece of resource that you could think of we had coming there we gave out free food we gave out because i don't know if you've heard about the water crisis in flint michigan but because of 
the water situation, we uh, families were able to leave with cases of water. And we, in, in a sort of a carnival style, we had a storyteller. And then we began to promote on uh, the radio. We passed out flyers. Most of our promoting was actually boots on the ground going mm. to the neighborhoods. Relationships with uh, one of our public housing where our evangelism team would go there every week for prayer. So we really started pushing for all of them to come because we knew we had that section of the neighborhood uh, together. And then we uh, had a feeding program, which was could have been at the very beginning, one of our sisters in Christ was doing a feeding program in another geographical area, which was a, a, a public housing. And all she did was two Saturdays out of the month, go over there, do a craft with the babies and feed them lunch. And, and see that way the and at the clubhouse. So that mm -hmm. was then drawing their parents in. So we, we started using different strategies to draw the parents in and before we could get to the big programs that we wanted to do. So we had the feeding program uh, in the summer over at one public housing. We had the evangelism team at the other. And then the big shebang is when we said, okay, come on over to our church. And we provide transportation for those who didn't have transportation. Come on over to the church. We got a big fair. And that's how we got started. So for a church that was just starting off, I would probably suggest to start off with something small mm -hmm. and then build up. Okay. Like we did the feeding program. We just went to to the public housing uh, manager and said, hey, we want to go over here and, and for the summer months of June, two Saturdays in June, two Saturdays in July and in August, and we just want to play with the kids, let them have crabs between, I think we may have did like 12 to 2, feed them lunch, and then they go home with their new crab. And then at the end, we gave our school supplies there but we told them in order to get their school supplies, mom and dad had to come. So that, that last day, mom and dad came. When you say mom and dad have to come, then they, they came, they got the school supplies, they had lunch, and then they knew us. So then that helped with them really showing up at the big church event. Wow, wow. Yeah, you, I can definitely tell you are a wealth of, of wisdom on how to engage with the community. Um, and then connecting not only the kids and connecting with the parents. Um, man, this has been a very, very informative um, podcast or interview. And hopefully those of us that have been listening, you're starting to see that it, it takes um, intentionality. It takes you being passionate and willing to step outside of your comfort zone to impact those around us. And really, it's a matter of obedience, being um, who God called us to be, those that will impact, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the utmost parts of the world. We are to continue to go out and not just, you know, I call churches sometimes a Christian huddle. Like you go to your little Christian huddle on Sunday, you know, but we really are to impact the community. Well, uh, Ms. Frazier, I really want to say thank you for, for joining me today. Uh, I definitely um, will um, uh, make sure that we stay in touch. Um, I'm going to go check out the book because 
I think it'll be something um, very useful uh, for our volunteers that are going out. And um, so can you give us one last word of encouragement for those that, um, you know, know they should be involved in the community, but sometimes they need that extra little push to go be that, get, be that community servant? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful feeling inside. You will love it. You will love it and you will realize how rewarding it is for you and then to see it on the faces of those who know that we care. That's, right. the, that's the greatest re reward right there. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you. Amen. That's funny. Um, appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I thank you for your time with us today. I know you're very busy going into a couple different things. Um, so the the website is monicabfraser.com, uh, yes. whether you can find your information about um, about Miss Monica, you can also see access to the podcast. And I believe there's a, a workshop tab as well. So thank you, uh, Miss Monica, for making time for us. And thank you for being an example of the Bible in real life. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And that was our episode today. Listen, if you're like me, you have been um, you have been encouraged. You have been challenged, right, um, to impact the community around us. Jesus said, um, "When I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was." naked, you didn't clothe me. When I was in prison, you didn't visit me. And the people say, well, Jesus, when did we not feed you? Or when did we not close you? Or when did we not visit? And he said, if you um, have it, you know, if you do this to the least of these, you've done it to me, right? So take the opportunity to um, connect. Take the opportunity to go. Um, uh, Miss Monica laid it out. Hey, volunteer at organizations volunteer uh, with churches doing outreach. And if you have the passion for, oh, volunteer at the schools, right? Get started with existing agencies, and then you can go on and um, launch yours or go into something that you have more of a passion about. Well, again, I want to say thank you to uh, Ms. Frazier for joining us. And um, Make sure you check out her podcast. Very interesting story. I got a chance to listen to some of it before. This is Lee Fuller. If you're not following us on Instagram and on TikTok, you're missing the daily. Um, we're going through the Bible. So you're missing these daily nuggets that we're dropping for um, for your life as we, as we go through uh, the Bible and we try to interpret it for real life. Again, my name is Lee Fuller. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fuller, where questions about the Bible meet real life.